Hello and welcome to another episode of Today in Space. This is our Thanksgiving episode. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Giorfanos. We're recording this on planet Earth. The date is November 22nd. Thanks for joining us. This episode, we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, it's Thanksgiving, so we're going to talk about what we're thankful for. That'll come up later in this episode. But we obviously have to start this episode talking about the success of Artemis 1 and the Orion capsule that's now orbiting the moon. And these are crazy, insane times. And when we first started this podcast, I had no idea that things would get so cool in basically a decade. And it's amazing how far things have come. And I'm super, super thankful for, let's start this episode this way, super thankful for all the engineers and scientists and managers and HR reps (laughs) and all the people at NASA that worked through 12 years worth of developing a brand new rocket, the world's most powerful rocket, 8.8 million pounds of thrust to the moon, damaged the launch pad. That's how strong that thing was. And that was one of the things we learned when we got to go to a NASA social and visit the mobile launch pad. Literally, the sound is the thing that would kill you. Not the fire, not like the fumes, the sound of that rocket would kill you. And that sound was so powerful that it broke door frames on, on near the pad, uh, damaged the pad, things that will be fixed by the time Artemis 2 comes around. And today NASA was talking about how they are going to have that fixed. They've addressed it. But just to show you how powerful this is, I was just uh, watching a clip from... Uh, Scott Manley, and he was describing just how powerful one of those solid rocket boosters are. And it's by themselves. One of those boosters is more powerful thrust-wise than any rocket that exists today. And it has two of them. And that was the crazy thing about that Artemis 1 launch of, of Space Launch System, which is a rocket that has been for many years criticized and uh the the effort to make this most powerful rocket the world has ever seen took a lot out of an agency and it was lucky enough to survive through multiple presidential uh transitions from president obama to through president trump back to president biden who was the vice president at that time it's a political rocket but it's made it and we're thankful that it exists that rocket did some crazy stuff it sent the orion spacecraft into a tremendously accurate orbit to the moon and in the last few days it made it to the moon and we were able to see a new earth rise and earth set as the rocket was going to the backside of the moon, which it's a new moon for us right now. So it wasn't, it was the far side of the moon, but not the dark side of the moon. The earth was in the dark side of the moon. And I had a cool moment where while that planned loss of signal, that LOS happened when it was on the other side of the moon, same thing we have with the rovers on Mars, whenever Mars goes behind the sun compared to us, 
that lack of signal, I spent the time listening to part of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, because Earth was on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> I listened to Money, I listened to Time, I listened to Breathe, uh, and Any Color You Like. It was an incredible experience, and what's so cool is that image, that Earth that you see right there is all of us. That's Carl Sagan has the famous... The, the best way that I think anyone's ever put it, but that blue marble, that tiny blue disco ball, as we called it here on the podcast years ago, and, and made a little song for it, um, that is all of us, all of humanity. That was happening, and if you look up now and you see the moon, we are going there. We're visiting that moon of ours that so many of us have only dreamed about some of us were alive the last time that we went to the moon and it was 50 years from when Artemis 1 launched from the last moon mission and we're living it in this very very incredibly amazing prosperous time for the progress of space travel and now it's no longer theoretical NASA is going to the moon and the mission is there it's going to be spending some time using this orbit i'm going to pull up the name of it because i i don't want to get it wrong and so what the orion spacecraft is now doing after it took the burn on the far side of the moon is it used the moon's gravity to change its orbit into a distant retrograde orbit you know they basically did a flyby of the moon and then used the moon's gravity to put itself in this distant retrograde orbit where we go kind of outside this, we'll call it circular orbit of the moon around the sun to spend some time where we can, we went real close. We took some pictures and some images on this next return. When that arc comes back and catches up with the moon, we're actually going to fly over the Apollo landing site. So we're actually going to get images from Orion, which has already shown us tremendous images of these cameras that are set up on the edge of each of these four solar arrays that they're able to articulate like arms. It's actually very, very cool. Um, I love how many different modes it has. And, you know, a, a big thing for spacecraft is obviously if you want to move, you have to use fuel. But you can get really efficient with things like this distant retrograde orbit, very little bit of fuel needed to allow it to orbit, and then using a lot of gravity, right? Fuel, free fuel. And one of the mission criteria for this mission is that there has, when this mission launches, it has to be in the sunlight for a certain amount of time for these solar rays to have power on board. And since those solar arrays can move at their own speed, it actually is really interesting because now you can adapt to wherever you are to make sure that your solar arrays are always pointing and your spacecraft can point a different way. That independence is something that would be very valuable in a mission, especially one like this. So uh, this is all to say it's, it's an extremely exciting time. And the next time that you look up and you see the moon... This is the first time in my lifetime, and I think for a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast, it's the same, where this is the first time in our lifetimes that we can look at the moon. It's no it's no longer dreaming like, oh, man, I wish I could go to the moon. I, w I wonder what it was like to be on the moon. This is the first step. 
This is the first human-rated spacecraft we've had in our lifetimes that's around the moon that is even there. So it's it's real. So for me, I've always looked up and dreamed and, and wondered what it was like. So now, to every time I look up, it's a whole new era. And that's super exciting. And it's a huge, huge thanks to all the people that spent some of the best years of their lives working at... Um, you know, the, just the entire NASA Artemis team from all the engineers that worked there and no longer work there or continue to work on there, even some of the more senior members, their experience was space shuttle. It was not the Apollo missions and, and the lunar technology. So they may have, some of them may have launched on the Saturn V, but that would have been Skylab and that would have been the International Space Station with shuttle. So it's, it, there's... It's a whole new era, and and that I'm I'm just super excited. I mean, there's there's a lot running through my head about like how many different careers must have happened before this point between the moon moon eras here for NASA, and uh, we're here. It's here. We're going. We're there. <laughs> if you are looking for any kind of manscaping options, there is only one set of tools I would recommend and it is the Manscaped platform. Personally, I use the Lawnmower 4.0. That's my favorite. The LED light helps me see where I'm going. The you know over the years I've had Manscaped for years. Their um their hair clips with the sizing for what you're going to trim the hair on has gotten much better over the years and it's at the point now where you know my Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is what I use to trim my beard. It is exclusively for that and it's allowed me to manscape continuously because it's simple, right? The cleanup is simple. They offer you these newspaper sheets that you put down. It catch, catches all the hair. Look, 100% Greek over here. No, uh, <laughs> no surprises, a lot of hair. And so cleanup was the thing that kind of slowed me down and I wasn't doing it as often. I looked very crazy very often. But now I'm looking a little bit less crazy, still crazy, but a little less, and I feel better, which is the most important thing. It makes me feel confident, and uh, honestly, I just feel better about uh, my life in general. So <laughs> part of that uh, routine has been my manscaping routine. So, And there's not just hair trimming. There's also, you know, they have their cologne now, the Perseverance Cologne. There's also the two-in-one shampoo uh, and conditioner that I was looking at the other day because I was in need definitely go check it out. They're offering a wide swath of tools and everything you need to help you feel good, look good, smell good, the whole package, right? That's what Manscaped's offering. So go to manscaped.com, use the code word SPACE, get 20% off, free worldwide shipping, and use that today, whether you're buying yourself something or a loved one, get the right tools for your family jewels, use code word SPACE, 20% off, free worldwide shipping. Thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring us. And uh, let's go back to the show. So it's going to spend, Orion's going to spend about six days in that retrograde orbit. And then when it's going to come back, it's going to use the moon to redirect itself back to Earth. And then they're going to send that heat shield into Earth's atmosphere. And this whole test, whether it was SLS launching in a, at a higher, more risky profile, using more as, as much thrust bonus to whatever we would do, have some margin, right? Push it harder because there aren't people on board. They have the mannequins on there that are 
data gathering bodies for the humans that are going to go next so they know what those mannequins one of them should be named mannequin skywalker but that's regardless that data will be used for artemis 2 when they will have more people going i believe it's four on this next mission and then on artemis 3 we will send the first woman and the first person of color along with the rest of the crew and they will step foot on the moon for the first time and that's going to be glorious and that's compressing the entirety of the apollo program into three missions so what was always theoretical for many many years is now here and now we get to sit back while the team finally gets to go through what they've been preparing for for a very long time and we will see what nasa is going to do and i'm super excited because now that nasa has done this we can now push and it will give inspiration to these other companies like Agile Space and SpaceX and companies that are going to be going to the moon and doing moon technology. Those folks are now going to have that opportunity and there's going to be this push now, this excitement. Like NASA doing what they did is going to inspire the SpaceX team working with Starship. It's going to inspire, like we said, the Agile team to keep going forward with what they're working on. And so many other people around the space industry that are working on stuff it's going to influence them new folks who have new ideas now of what could be possible will bring their ideas to the table and if we can learn that we're all better when we all inspire each other instead of a, a one thing that I'll mention is and this is on both sides talking about the balance I want to bring this up because I certainly don't want to be I don't want to be as biased as I can I want to try and understand the the reality. So my point here is, as someone that talks a lot about SpaceX, I do want to bring up the the side of things that are going on from the NASA team. There's a lot of folks that worked on the Artemis mission or worked at NASA who the last 12 years have been berated on the fact that their rocket's not going to launch on time. It's why are they doing it? And I'm sure I've I've read some of the posts. <laughs> they are, you know, rightfully excited and kind of like yeah well f you like we are we finally launched like all those people that were negative like you were wrong and that's valid and you know i'm i'm here for the progress of space my biggest thing about sls was the cost and this idea that if nasa couldn't do it nobody could do it and i think that is the ultimate piece that i think it's really important that None of us fall into. SpaceX shouldn't feel that way either. SpaceX shouldn't feel that they are the only people that are going to do that, although they are definitely succeeding in areas where no one else thought was possible. But the point here is, is that this space program is not just for SpaceX or not just for NASA. Just to use those two examples, because those are the ones that people make sense, that, that the story comes across. We need both. And, and the reality is they have had both. If, if you just look a little bit under the hood, there are a lot of folks, I've spoken to some of these folks, who are in charge at NASA at you know acquiring launch service contracts from these other companies building rockets. SpaceX has been on their list for a very long time. The reason SpaceX is here today is the funding. The reason that SpaceX is the launch provider for NASA, for our astronauts, it's the American rocket rated to send human beings into space, into at least low Earth orbit, although it has the capability to go further. The Crew Dragon 
allows that to happen, and that is because of the partnership between NASA and SpaceX. So even in the examples in real life, we can see that it's better that we're all together. And my message for anyone working in the industry who's felt jaded or who who finds themselves taking a side, realize that we all got to learn from each other and we get better with it when we do when we do work with each other. And that's the ultimate goal of NASA is to lift everybody else up with NASA. And let's just not get caught in the idea that there is only be, because NASA isn't doing it themselves doesn't mean that it can't be done. So that is that is my message. Uh, to balance that out, I will say, from the SpaceX side of things, it's also good that NASA's there to say, you know, when they do push too far, that NASA gives the advice as the elder, as the, you know, like, that's that's cool. That's That's a good balance between the tug and pull. You know, it's kind of like the young... The young student in SpaceX and the and the older master, the wise master, you know, there's there's things that they can learn from each other. So, um, I'm super excited for what's gonna what's to come, and I hope that we all can move past a lot of this uh, political stuff. Although I've talked about it plenty, uh, I think at this point it's it's time to uh, move to the next stage of the, of things. So, all of that said, big congrats to the NASA team. This is a win for all of us. This podcast is also brought to you by Estes Rockets. We have a coupon code. You can get 10% off the rockets in the store. No engines, no sales. But if you're looking to get into it, we had our Falcon 9 SpaceX uh, giveaway. Curse in the Skies is the winner. And that's getting sent out soon. But if you still wanted that SpaceX rocket or if you're looking to get into launching model rockets, maybe you've got a little one that you're trying to teach uh, cool stuff to. Like that's that's the way to do it. And they even have along with their engines, they also have safety you know, procedures that you can have. So you can make sure to have safe, but still have a ton of fun with literal uh, <laughs> uh, solid rocket engines that are miniature <laughs> uh, so they're awesome they've been around forever ss rockets makes it a lot easier for you to have that model rocket flying experience and you can get 10 percent off today by using our code in underscore alex that's in underscore a-l-e-x and you can get 10 percent off again that's off rockets it's not on the engines it's not on the um sales but it's 10 percent off to get yourself or someone you love that rocket and cover some of the the extra cost i know it's gonna be tight this year so we're trying to help you guys out however we can thank you estes rockets for sponsoring us and uh let's go back to the show all right so the other half of this episode is about what i'm thankful for a lot of that is is a balance as it always is uh, part of that balance has been with my space walk and talk episodes, right? We started those. Those were supposed to be episodes where I would go on a walk, like I'm doing right now, and I would talk about things related to space, space, space walking in general, but really it's about human spaceflight, right? Because that's what this walk is. It's I'm trying to be healthier as a human. I spent a lot of time of the computer, both as my in my day job as an engineer, 
then afterwards doing this podcast. So I also spent many years driving three plus hours to work every day. So so my days at the Westminster Tool and Plainfield, Connecticut, driving from Worcester originally then from where I was in Massachusetts. So driving from Massachusetts through Rhode Island into Connecticut and then back the whole way. The good thing was it was uh, the other way from traffic. The bad thing was it was going to be an hour and a half each way. So over the years, my body has not uh, held together that well. So I have been on a long journey of being a lot healthier, ended up getting more scientific and learning more about my body and getting blood work done. Regardless, I wanted to see the data, I wanted to see what was going on and address it from there to get healthier, to to be able to do these things. You know, one of the things that I was super grateful for and thankful for, um, so a lot of people reached out for the Artemis One mission when it just happened. Some people were excited because they wanted to see me there and you know I just it was not in the cars this time I went earlier in the summer and that got scrubbed twice but uh, it was it was a great time and some people who actually went there including some folks who are like in this space business you know like a lot more than I am reached out and were wondering where I was and that I should come down for the next one after it launched. So many people reached out and just shared that story with me, which I was grateful for. And then other folks saying they want to see me down there for the next one. Uh, and I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, I'm super thankful for all of this. You know, it's a crazy thing to think about is when this podcast first started. And even a few years in, I was still trying to find a job as an aerospace engineer the, to think about what it was like eight years ago, even five years ago. It's a totally different industry than it is today. And I started this podcast as a way to just be like relevant in some kind of space perspective. If I keep talking about it, I'll keep learning about it and eventually I might get an engineering job out of it. When it's the 3D printing instead, but love it. And like what I'm going through right now is just a ton of appreciation for the fact that I have met so many people through this. I've become a better person by doing this. And uh, definitely way more scientifically minded and not ego-driven, which I think we all are growing up. But regardless, I'm super thankful for that. And I'm part of the thing that's going to enable me to go visit and go travel all these other places and have the, the energy and the health to push as hard as I do with the content that I make, it's it's about the body, right? Like my mind, uh, yeah, I'm pushing that. No worries on that. But uh, it, it, where's my body? How 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 is the body gonna support the mind? And uh, so these walks have been super important. I've gotten a lot better. I've improved a lot, and a lot of that improvement was putting in the daily work. But a huge boost was going to see my brother compete in a bodybuilding competition. My brother, Nico Franos, hosts the Weaves and Weights podcast. If you're into weightlifting, if you're into anime, if you're into gaming, he's over at Twitch at NG Orphy. 
You should go check him out if you're into that into that kind of stuff. But I saw his win in Lynn, Massachusetts, at the MPC Northeast competition. He won a medal in everything that he went into. And if you're, you're not familiar with bodybuilding competitions, are, I think like Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff, right? What he competed in. That's a very g- general way of explaining it. But if you're brand new to it, so was I. If you want to listen to the episode we did after that night, which is a huge day of competing. But I mean, he pushed himself and dug deep into the trenches to get his body to where it was. And it was amazing. And it inspired me that, you know, whatever level I thought I was at could be surpassed tenfold, if not more. So it was just an unlocking moment for me to realize, like, I've got, I can do a lot more. And I, all the stuff I've been looking into and how my body's reacting to things, just go after it. Just do, just like I've learned on the podcast here. It's like, just do. And take data as you do. And that's going to make your life a lot better. So anyways, so my whole point with that is that if you push yourself, you can get much much further than you ever thought and that's one of the great things about what's going on with NASA and SpaceX is that they're pushing each other you know one is pushing faster than the other ever thought was possible and the other right now with the moon mission is showing what the the top dogs the most privileged people in space that get to work at NASA and I don't mean privilege necessarily a bad way but it is it's a privilege to work at NASA there's not like there's an ample amount of jobs at NASA that are available to anyone interested in space. But those, you know, this is the, the, the cream of the crop, right? They've done it. They set the bar. They're at the moon. So, there's a lot that we can push each other from. And my brother did that for me. So I highly recommend. He even did a, uh, like a vlog of the competition, of him getting ready for it, and stuff like that. He did a great job. And, uh, super proud of him and all the hard work he did and you should go check that out if you're looking for for some inspiration and if you're interested in gaming anime weightlifting getting that body side of the body mind balance but i'm super thankful for that you know giving you some numbers you know that's why it's so good to just even if you don't have a plan just start taking data right start looking at what what you have and honestly I was at best but when I was about a month and a half ago two months ago after you know doing these walks and hearing myself on the microphone and sounding terrible uh, breathing heavily I got to the point where I was basically doing 4,000 steps a day right that's not a lot that's not a lot. And those were those were my best days. That was actively actively going to a um, actively going on a walk. Those were like my best days was four thousand steps a day. So a lot of computer time, a lot of driving time for work and traffic around here is ridiculous. But I've now jumped that up to about sixty seven hundred average a day. And I'm taking a solid 3,000, 3,500 step walk right before I eat lunch. And that, is, that has helped a lot. It took, it took a while to get to that point. 
focusing on the movement, not just like super stressed out, anxious, get from one place to another as fast as possible, as fast as my body will take me, just locking up my joints and just like pounding everything into the ground to go fast. So I changed that up, focusing on the actual movements and things are getting a lot better. So um, that's my report in for Spacewalk and Talk. And the last thing is this whole new step that we took after our Halloween episode, invasion of the alien wasps, where literal wasps entered my house, about 50 of them at a time after dealing with them one or two at a time, found their nest. Check this episode out again. It's our last episode in October. The accidental Halloween episode. That nightmare, knock on wood, seems to be over. And what happened was we had basically blocked off the place where the wasps, wood wasps, I found out, were taking wood from the house and going to build their nest, which I found a nest in the neighborhood that was huge, about 500 feet from the house. So anyways, these huge wasps, two inch long wasps were getting in our house, trapped accidentally, like 50 of them, blocked off containment area in the living room. And it was basically like a month. And it's been crazy. But we finally got them out. I, I am now the owner of a bee suit, hilariously. And that was my first EVA. <laughs> I, I'd always hoped it would have been training to be an astronaut. Uh, but no, uh, waspernaut. I just... And it was crazy. But I learned a lot. I learned two major things from that. That I think, at least if you're brand new to space, it might be interesting. It's going to be obvious to anyone that's actually done a spacewalk, but not many of us have, so give me a break. Anyways, number one, we are stupid as humans when there's stress. So we had like written down all the things we wanted to do. We had some things in there we wanted to take out, and we wanted to check a few things, see if they were in the walls, see where they might have been hiding, and what we ended up doing was writing a sticky note and it's so good that we did because I literally forgot like everything as we were walk as I was going in there super stressful I'm not super confident in the spacesuit you know it's my first time doing this I can't really see and I couldn't really hear the lovely Sarah who was helping me with this and it was just it was crazy but like that's why things need to be planned out ahead of time as much as they can be and then you have to find the balance of, well, are we in analysis paralysis where we're not getting anything done because we're overthinking it? Have we, have we reached 85%, which is plenty of margin, and we could still build on that and, and then spend a long-term refining through practice that final 10%, 15% to get the 95%, 100%, you know? Or can you just launch it at 85%? So, um, <laughs> we thought of things, and to that point, we thought of things while we were in there that we wanted to check, we wanted to look at, but when I went in there, I completely forgot everything. So, it's, it is, you know, spacewalking, and humans living in space are not supposed to be there. So, the people that do it first have to figure out the process. Like, the reason that flying on planes is so natural, and we can do it on, a, on the regular, is because a bunch of crazy test pilots did all that stuff early so we could understand it 
and then we built procedures and we moved on but that was a big thing where it's like yeah you really need to practice this before you go out there because obviously getting stung by a giant wasp would suck but also getting you know dying in the vacuum of space sucks too so um i mean that's the crazy thing about the all the tools they designed around the spacesuit right which goes into our second point which is like the lack of dexterity and mobility and specifically with the gloves i noticed that with these but they're just you know big cloth gloves and i had the most dexterity interestingly enough on the seam on the thumb because that was like the side of the finger that i'm touching if i'm like bringing my pointer finger and my thumb together you'd hit that seam of the thumb and that was actually where i could like manipulate things if i had to grab them but it made me think are there like special patterns we can knit into the fingertips of gloves for astronauts that wouldn't decrease the effectiveness of them right we don't want them to be weaker but if you can add other points where the astronauts can have mobility and and touch grab things in different ways i think that's something you can train i think that would be super valuable i don't know if we do that already if you know of something like that please let me know but i thought it was fascinating um, just the little things that you don't realize until you do it. And that's kind of the whole theme here. It's like, as scientists, we get stuck in paralysis analysis a lot. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is that it gets done. And it doesn't have to be 100% done. You know? And you can get better. There's room to get better. We're humans. That's part of the, that's part of the deal. We have to get better over time. But that's it, folks. I think I've gone on long enough. Thank you for being a part of this podcast, listening, subscribing, sharing, whatever it is that you've been doing. Even if this is your first episode, thank you. I really appreciate it. And looking forward to the future here. We're going to have a really interesting December as Artemis 1 comes back down to Earth. They're going to test those heat shields. And we will also, apparently, there's a an exhibit in Boston of NASA moon missions that's traveling. I think Space Adventures is the name. And I'm going to try and hit that up in the middle of the month. I'll let you know what that's like. It looks really cool. It's going to be a lot of like VR experience is going to be a full lunar lander that's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you guys have a great holiday season. Stay safe. Whatever you're, if you're traveling, if you're flying, if you're driving, if you're on a train, whatever it is, a boat. Hope you have a good time. For those in the U.S., have a happy Thanksgiving. For those around the world, have a great week. And make sure to spread love and spread science. And have a good one. We'll see you next time. See ya.